This podcast is presented by Miscreant Records. You can find us on Twitter at Miscreant Pods, and you can also email us at miscreantrecordspod at gmail.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Miscreants on the Moon podcast. As always, it's me, Jacob, and with me once again, Hayden. And today we're here to talk to you about a little movie called Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get started on that, Hayden, do you have any news that we should talk about? Because I don't think I do. I don't remember <laughs> any, if I'll be honest. Nothing that is really important, I think. I don't know, I could be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, during the NBA All-Star Weekend stuff, some trailers might have aired. But I was behind on everything for various reasons, so I fast-forwarded through the commercials. <laughs> so if anything <laughs> came out, I don't, I didn't see it, um, and I don't, I don't really remember uh, hearing anything unrelated to the stuff that we'll probably talk about um, during this review. There is one Marvel thing actually. Um, I don't think we talked about this last week. I don't think it had been announced last week. Apparently, according to Father Kevin Feige, um, (laughs) he thinks that Marvel movies, the MCU used to be more in the zeitgeist, um, and now they're not, he thinks, oh, he thinks they, I forget, I don't know the exact quote, but he's like, they're still in the zeitgeist, but not enough. He's like, they don't feel special enough. Everything doesn't have their moment because we're pretty much releasing releasing stuff Mm 24-7. So instead of doing that. We are releasing like two movies and three TV shows a year, which doesn't feel like that much less than what they're doing right now. Um, but in, actually, I think they've been doing like three movies and five TV shows a year, yeah. actually. So yeah. it is a lot less, um, which is good, I think. Um, I agree. I, I think I, I remember that, that being in our Twitter group chat some, at some point. Yeah, yeah. So. And we've been saying it on this show for for months probably even years at this point honestly (laughs) um i guess we haven't been going for years we're coming up on our uh second birthday i think woo um is it our second or is it our yeah it'd be our second yeah yeah huh sometime in march that just feels weird because i I thought one division and like the those original marvel shows came out in 2020 but i guess it was 21 it was twenty one. Yeah, it was the, towards the start. That's of where that's where it got me messed up. Like honestly, yeah, <laughs> yeah, my bad. <laughs> but um, yeah. So for a while, we've been talking about how there's just too much, especially with DC trying to start releasing more stuff. It's just the market's oversaturated with superhero and like comic book properties at the moment. Mm-hmm. Especially when you consider like Joker and the Batman two, uh, the sequels to the sequels to those movies, Mm -hmm. um, coming out and not being attached to a franchise. So they're just adding to it. Uh, you have shows like the boys and invincible and stuff that are coming out every now and then the boys is getting a spinoff. There's just, a it's a very crowded market right now. And I think that mm, the executives at Marvel thought that they could, you know amp it up and have it to where people were watching their content you know year round (laughs) um but they just added 
to an already oversaturated market. So I think that people, um, I don't know if viewership has been dropping off. I mean, these movies still make money. Yeah. And they, they they have said that Disney Plus is losing money, but every streaming service is, is losing money. So Disney has so many um, like other forms of income it doesn't matter to them probably. Honestly. Well, that's how that's how most of these places stay afloat because like all of them except for Netflix have alternatives, mm-hmm. like alternative sources of income. It feels like Netflix is just always in the red because um you know this is their one thing that they have but uh hbo max has hbo and warner brothers obviously um paramount plus has they have a full-on movie studio apple has everything else apple does disney has all the stuff that they do they own hulu Um, so they have two streaming services (laughs) yeah did you know in like most other countries those are just combined i knew that in australia it was i I didn't know that like it's in a lot of other countries that um, they had just have like Disney Plus and then Disney Plus like Star, which is like the adult oh. side of things, I guess. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, it, it's the same service, but I think it's just a menu that you go to instead yeah. of it's like a page or something. Essentially, I think you block your kids from viewing that on their accounts, <laughs> um, but it's got all the Fox stuff and everything that goes to Hulu. So. Ooh. Yeah, that I don't use either um, of those streaming services very much, though. So I mean, but, yeah, yeah. Only when like but, a new Star Wars or Marvel show is coming out is when I use Disney Plus. Yeah, every now and then my girlfriend will want to watch like a a Disney movie that she likes or something, so we'll use it for that. But yeah, uh, um, yeah, just Star Wars and begrudgingly Marvel for me. <laughs> yeah, so they're kind of easing up on it. I know that I'm a big fan of this move. What do you, how, what do you think of it? Thank God. <laughs> it, it, yeah. it, it had really gotten unbearable for a while. It was... Why? Like, why were they doing that? I, I don't know. Thank God we're moving on now from like... Well, it got to the point stage. to where like I just had to take a break. I know that it was a joke on this of me not watching She-Hulk or whatever, but like I really don't think I could have <laughs> done it. Like I, I just... I was so I know that this like is a pretty insignificant problem to have in the grand scheme of things. Don't <laughs> worry, I have real problems too. Um, but <laughs> at the time, it's just like I don't have room to watch this thing that I feel obligated to watch for this. And luckily, at the time, there was other better stuff coming out, so we had plenty to talk about. Yeah. But yeah, I just. I needed a break. And what's crazy is before She-Hulk com- came out, that like 31-day break was the most that we'd had since um, since after whatever the first thing to come out after Endgame was. That was Spider-Man. the longest break between Marvel content that we had. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, that 31-day break just wasn't enough, and I just wanted to keep it going. But, <laughs> uh, we had a pretty decent yeah. one here before this movie, didn't we? I don't remember the last thing that came it out. Might, it, it, it might be the second longest. It was Wakanda Forever the last thing to come out? Mm-hmm. About two months there. So, yeah, so they've kind, I, I, they've kind of been letting off the gas without saying anything. Uh, and then the now Christmas I think they're special. just making it clear. 
there was a Christmas special, but that was you know what uh, that that uh, that that was okay. Fine. Well, even then, even then, that came out like a week or two after Wakanda Forever, mm-hmm. so it's still pretty much a two month break. Yeah, close enough. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, another thing, David Zaslav, like the James Gunn's partner or whatever. Mm-hmm. He was at the All Star Game. That's what I was thinking of. Z- I was like, I Wait, knew Zaslav. I saw something. Isn't that a Disney yeah. guy? James Gunn's partner is Saffron. It's Peter Saffron. Oh, maybe maybe that's it. He he was he had something to do with Warner Brothers. Yeah, it was Saffron. I always get Saffron and Zaslav mixed up. I don't know why. I don't remember who Zaslav is. If I'll be honest, but that's gonna. I don't know. But um, oh, well. yeah, it was Peter Saffron. He was there sitting with the commissioner. So maybe the commissioner was giving him some tips on on a. Uh, Making another Steel sequel with Shaq. <laughs> Just what we needed. Hey. I wouldn't mind a Steel movie. Maybe not with Shaq again, but like... <laughs> Something give out of me, the ordinary Superman movies. Well, in like five or six years, give me the, the... Like, kill Superman again. And then just give me a movie with the four Supermen. And then have him come back with a mullet like five years later. Nice. Don't do it in immediately the next movie. Is that the only thing you care about for Superman? Is that he eventually gets a mullet? No, I <laughs> I like so, I like some of the super Superman stuff. I feel like a lot of times uh, reading Superman comics, you get someone who just doesn't know what to do with him. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so they just. <sighs> They just put him up against a powerful thing and make it like a big fist fight thing. They don't really capture the. They see that he's this like the most powerful superhero ever, mm-hmm. and they make a story centered around that instead of centering around his humanity, and that's really my favorite parts of it. And and that's kind of why I think Man of Steel didn't work for me, mm-hmm. because they wanted to focus on his the his godlike power set mm-hmm. instead of focusing on what i think is his like greatest quality is that you know he's human he was raised as a human and um those qualities make him more interesting and the fact that he has to balance that with his powers i uh this is off like kind of off topic but like just in discussion about this like since they're doing elseworlds somebody had the idea what if they did like the reds like red superman like if he landed in russia you know was raised over there (laughs) and i immediately thought i was like jake would hate this movie because i would think Zack snyder would be perfect for it (laughs) because that's like no see see, that's the thing you know that's the thing i don't mind that and i i've said that before i might have even said it before on this show is like give Zack snyder an injustice movie because that's what he was trying so hard to make yeah <laughs> he wanted to make an injustice movie so bad <laughs> but just like this is the perfect opportunity for that not anytime soon give it you know 10 years like 10 like 10 years just to build the foundation of the universe and then if you keep making these elseworld stories i would love to see a, a red sun superman or injustice hmm. or like you know they there have been comics i think i think i could be wrong i don't i if there are i haven't read them but i thought this would be interesting uh are you are you familiar with the superman in flat in the flashpoint universe no well he was 
captured by the government when he landed and he was put in a like he was put in an underground facility so he doesn't have the power of the sun so he's like this really scrawny guy he still has the powers Hmm. but he's not like up to his full potential when he comes out and tries to fight and um that'd be a really interesting story to see like yes do those other ones but don't have that be like your main continuity like yeah if you're gonna do elseworlds yeah do them all do all the side stuff we'll probably get some of that like the 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 government thing you said because like it showed something like that in the flash trailer you know so maybe that's like part of i forget this i forget this is a flashpoint movie so we might just actually be getting that (laughs) but according to the batman um 89 sequel comics Mm. um that batman story is set in the same universe as the superman movies from the 70s who's that reeves so yeah, yeah, Christopher Reeves. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, then I guess the Superman in this universe would be the Christopher Reeves Superman. I don't know. Um, I guess we'll see. There's no way of knowing. Who knows? But yeah, no, I would... Yeah. I would not mind giving Zack Snyder like an Injustice movie mm-hmm. or like a Red Sun Superman or something like that. Like, let him make the character that he wants, mm-hmm. but just know that it's not... It's not like the real Superman. It's one of those side stories where things go wrong. What's that new movie he's making that's coming out on Netflix? Is, it's is like it a Star sequel Wars. to his, like... No, it's like a, his oh, version of Star right, Wars. Oh, right, right. I don't remember the name of it, but he wanted to do a Star Wars movie and they wouldn't let him, so he just went <laughs> and made his own, he said. Pretty much. <laughs> he's not an awful filmmaker. I just... Well, I mean, he did the don't... Watchmen movie and I like that a lot. Um, yeah, I just don't think he was the guy for the job. I would agree. I can't find the name of this. I know it's been announced. And it... <sighs> I know what you're talking about, though. Um, but I, I also am blanking. Rebel on Moon name. found it. Rebel that's Moon. It. Now okay. that <laughs> I forgot, because that's you know literally uh, <laughs> in a New Hope, the rebels were on a moon. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's fine. Oh, (laughs) that's funny. Um, yeah, but that's yeah. Give him something like that. That'd be great. Mm -hmm. Well, it could be great. I don't know. (laughs) I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna stand up here and say that it will be because maybe he's just bad at making DC adaptations. Because uh, so far, you know, that's what we have. (laughs) Who knows? We don't know if we'll ever find out. (laughs) Yeah. Until he, uh, what what did that time traveler say? He's going to sell it to Netflix, and Netflix is going to restore the Snyderverse. Yeah. And it's going to take the world by storm or whatever. I guess so. Yeah. We'll see. Apparently, in a few months, that's going to happen. Actually, what, there was supposed to be a big announcement like on Valentine's Day or the day after, and I have heard nothing. So I don't know maybe he was wrong. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they were like, wait a second. You actually can't sell us the rights for that. Oh. Yeah. I, I don't own these characters. <laughs> yeah. I guess he didn't even, like, pay for or, like, produce the movies himself. So he doesn't own the movies either. Tough. I don't think. Because they had to give... Because Warner Brothers had to give him money and give him, like, express permission to do the Snyder Cut thing. Just so they could get more HBO Max subscribers. Well, I mean, it worked. I guess, yeah. Look at him now. I mean, we... 
I mean, we bought it. It brought us out of retirement, so. Yeah, look at us now. Yeah. Who would have thought? <laughs> Not me. Not me. No. <laughs> I thought we were going to do, you know, four podcasts in the month leading up to the Snyderverse and then go back into retirement when it ended. But no, we're still going strong. <laughs> our whole, anyway. Our whole idea was based on if the Snyderverse was going to continue and then it didn't and we were like, well, oh well. <laughs> yeah. We will continue, though. We will prevail. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, let's get into the review of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. So, I think we have very different opinions of this movie. Uh, it, it kind of. Okay. That's what I'll give. I mean... <laughs> Brian made it sound like we had very different opinions of this movie. Well, I mean, Brian also came in and, like... Me and you don't talk about stuff before. Yeah, like, yeah. We we try not to before we come onto this. Um, and I was talking just a little bit, like like about a little bit of stuff about it. And then like I leave for like ten minutes, and I come back, and Brian's like, "Jake didn't like it." I'm like, "Why would you tell me that?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting there. I'm, I'm just sitting there. He, he's like, "What'd you think?" Would you? And like, no, we had somebody else talking. Oh, yeah, to us. John. Yeah. Also, <laughs> also has been on the show before. J- Jake's the one name dropping everyone. I'm sorry. Uh, but like he was like, "What'd you think?" I was like, "I'm not gonna say." <laughs> like, stop. He was like, "Just rate." He was like, "Just rate this movie out of 10. And I was like, "No, I, that's literally giving me like giving things away." <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, we didn't talk about any of the details. But yeah, so <laughs> just getting into it, I didn't really like it. It sounds like Hayden did, but now he's trying to walk it back. I don't know. A little bit. Um, like the, the way I would describe this movie is fun. I, I, I completely disagree with you. I, I did mean, not like, have any fun at all. I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> okay. Um, Maybe you so need to open see. your uh, horizons, man. <laughs> I, if you can have fun with the Fast and Furious movies, this one. I mean, come on. <laughs> it's about family. I... <laughs> yes, I can have fun with the Fast and Furious. I, I will say, I think that Every Fast and Furious movie is better than this movie. I I disagree. <laughs> Strongly. Okay, well, <laughs> now that we've gotten that out of the way, I guess let's go through... Uh, we haven't done a movie in a while. What is it? We talk about audio visuals. We talk about performances hmm. uh, in the non-spoiler section. And then we go into plot and any of the other stuff that we couldn't talk about. Hmm. Um, we couldn't talk about before, so... Yeah, uh, visually, how did you like this movie? It... I thought some things looked alright, and then there's this blog blob guy that like gets shot a bunch of times because he made a <laughs> a big deal about not having holes, and then he sucks two dudes up and they just disappear like they're not even inside of him. He's just a blob, like you can see through him. Yeah. And that made no sense to me. I was like, where'd they go? <laughs> okay. They just disappeared. <laughs> Um, maybe he can dissolve them like an acid. This, this this movie relied heavily on on CGI. There there was like maybe five scenes in the real world. Everything. Okay, so this is like a minor spoiler. I don't know. Hayden just dropped like a major plot point for you guys. Like that is the crux of the movie right there. Well, I mean, um, if you don't understand the, that from the, the trailer, the, like the, what do you the think? Two, you the, the the two people that got sucked up in there were Kang and Ant Man. So I mean, whoa. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's kind of crazy but if you want to spoil that straight off the bat i hope that people have turned off after i said that and we're just like oh my god they <laughs> they told me how egg and catman or kang and Ant-Man died egg. no egg and catman <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Well, once 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 all their juices get mixed up, once they get turned into acid, I guess they do like become one with one. And then they become one giant ant. (laughs) Yeah, sorry guys. But so yeah, there's like ten minutes at the beginning of the movie where they're in you know San Francisco or wherever he's from, and Mm -hmm. then obviously they go to the quantum realm because it's that's what this movie has been advertised as. The moment that they go into the quantum realm, the rest of the movie, not a single thing looks real. Like, I say that as an, it looks like they were never on a real set. I feel like 65% of this was just regular blue screen, green screen, whatever they're using these days cgi Mm -hmm. it felt like nobody was in the same the same room when they were filming scenes and then additionally the other uh 35 percent was shot on the volume which we have like sung the praises of the volume when it's used right on this show but the issue is it's a tool that can be used very effectively it's been used very effectively in the mandalorian and to a lesser degree in some Marvel shows, but really outside of that, every time Disney has used it, it just seems like, well, okay. Um, Cassie and Andor that, that show it was used effectively in that as well. And then there have been bits and pieces sprinkled throughout, but this, mm. it just looks like you can tell, um, that it's just empty space. They're not using it to mix, practical effects and essentially like a a a screen backdrop Mm. like they do when it's used really well but in this it feels like they're just doing it as like okay this is essentially green screen but you can see it while it's happening yeah but it still feels like just a bunch of empty space there's only like a few sets in the in the quantum realm that i do think that are practical like like Kang's, like his room. Um, I'm not gonna go into specifics on it. And then like the yeah, okay, the the I... holding cells. But outside of that, like they, they obviously they CGI'd the doors for the holding cells, but like the actual yeah, yeah, set yeah. itself. Yeah, I. Those are like the only two things that looked good in this mm. um, set wise in the quantum realm mm. the stuff in the outside world i mean it's just like a house and stuff so it looks fine and like the thing um, with marvel is like they've done things like you they've been to other worlds and made them look good you know they, they they've made them look real and something you haven't seen before at the same time but why didn't they do it as well for this because just because they're in the quantum realm it looks so <clears> much different like if you you haven't seen thor ragnarok all the way through but like the the planet they're on you know it looks great because it's mm. a lot of actual sets, and but like and like they would CGI the after effects like of a um, them scanning across the skyline or something where they show the heads. Um, yeah. When they show Titan in end or Infinity War, like through the flashback <laughs> that Thanos does, um, it looked good, you know, and that was all CGI. 
Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It's the... I know we harp on this every time we talk about a Marvel property, but I feel like it needs to be said again. Well, it's it, it, it's especially apparent for this movie because post, it's all, you know. Yeah, post, post Endgame, the visual effects have been very bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one, it's very, very apparent because like you said, 95% of this movie takes place in a really, you know, weird world that requires a lot of effects to make it happen even if you tried to do most of this practically it would still require a lot of um post like a a lot of things to be added in post and stuff Mm -hmm. so it requires it relies heavily on that i'm hoping that with this announcement of them kind of taking a step back and slowing down the pace of the release of these things, they're able to put more time Mm -hmm. and money behind the visual effects because I don't think this is an issue with the ability of the people that they hire to get it done. I think it's a studio decision because they are not wanting to spend a lot of money on it because they're doing a lot over the course of one year. Mm -hmm. So they're not getting full teams. They're getting partial teams. They're getting smaller cheaper cheaper companies to do it and they're putting him on these insanely tight windows of time so you're not able to pay for the the um companies that can put the manpower behind it and um really put them put the amount of people that they need Mm -hmm. to make something of this scale so you're getting understaffed and then you're also giving them really tight windows so you're understaffed and you don't have time mm-hmm. to see it through. So you have to cut corners, mm-hmm. which is sad because you're getting really talented people in to do this. Yeah, we, we never the, get to see the full, their full work done. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, because you you're really, um, like you said, not reaching that full potential. Mm-hmm. And it was particularly sad in this because there was a lot of it that I thought was really interesting visually. Mm. But it looked like... It looked like it was, you know, in its final stages of development and getting it fully there. Mm. But they just didn't put the finishing touches on. And that combined with the fact that the characters, whenever they were on screen, felt like A... Nobody. It felt like nobody was ever on set at the same time. Almost mm-hmm. every scene, like um, every scene, especially one that comes to mind uh, when they're getting the dinner at the restaurant or whatever. Mm-hmm. When they're around the table with like Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer, and um, I'm not gonna say who's in it in case that's a spoiler. I think it's been reported, but yeah, whatever. They, they know it, it feels it, like. But... I just gave away part of it. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I gave away the gender, but that's okay. That's fine. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah. but the 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 three of them, it felt like. I think um. I hope Van Damme was there as well. So okay, yeah. the four of them. It felt like they were all in separate rooms, sitting down, surrounded by a green screen, <laughs> shooting everything essentially to nothing it felt like they weren't together on set it felt like they didn't have any visual references at the time and stuff um yeah it's 
that combined with just the effects not quite being there, it's like it's really cool concepts, but it just doesn't look fully finished. Mm-hmm. Those things really got to me visually, and it gets better in the third act. I will say that is where they put their focus, which really it's kind of frustrating though. Be I don't know if it was easier to do or if they just wanted that stuff to look better, but that was also the least interesting bits design wise mm-hmm. i would much rather have seen the start look really great and all of those crazy designs that we're yeah. seeing in this you know crazy world seeing the really beginning look... landscape of uh I, I don't remember the name of the city but like whenever it shows it and it's like it's in a circular form where it curves yes. up like yeah. uh like in the mandalorian or there's a game with that that somebody said that the mandalorian copied or something from I don't remember yeah. what game it it's was. It's like the end of Interstellar too, right? I can't. Is that what you're talking about? Oh, I think I know what you yeah. mean. Yeah. Yeah. Like how they're living on a ring. Yeah. So it, that is a cool, that's a cool design. The stuff that we see whenever um, Ant-Man and Cassie are with that like group of refugees, mm-hmm. or not refugees, more like a resistance, I guess. Um, when we see them there, it's the designs are cool, but it's just not done. And they do the thing that I personally think too many movies do now. They tone down the color grading of it, mm-hmm. make everything darker to hide it. Yeah. And it was a, it was especially apparent in this movie because the colors and stuff are vi- like they should be vibrant. Mm-hmm. But instead, they just darken everything down. Um, probably to hide some holes in the visual effects. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that the house that was really disappointing. The and the fact weird too, like they just didn't look real. And I know they were alive, but they just something about them yeah, was off to me. It was such a cool concept, and mm-hmm. honestly, a pretty cool design. But they just were. But it it didn't fit yeah. in the environment. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't. Once again, everything in the first two acts of this movie, from the visual effects side of things, they look like they've gone through three or four rounds of of progress. And, you know, you need to get it to this fifth polished state, mm-hmm. and it'll be good to go. But they just don't quite get it there. And like I said, it's probably not um, the ability of the animators to do it it's probably just the time constraint and the fact that they're um understaffed because of the the money if those reports are true which you know based off what we've seen and what we've heard i i do think they are we talked about them probably a month or two ago about how um the differences between how lucasfilm handles their visual effects and Mm -hmm. how the marvel division has been doing theirs so it's just kind of sad to see something that could look really cool and interesting, just not quite get it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, with, with the the like the Marvel coming out, I don't want to say it's in like an announcement or anything, but they came out and like you said, they they said that they're going to be cutting back on the content coming out each year. <clears throat> It'll give them more time, and maybe they come back to the quantum verse because who knows later on what's going to happen with with Kang after this because they've got a whole like 10 movie series that's about to be about him basically. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
I I don't know if they'll come back or not. We'll get to that later once we get the spoilers, but well, yeah. Um yeah, we'll see. Another issue that I had once again, most of my complaints are for the first two thirds of the movie. But the last third did not make up for like the it had lost so much good like I went into this movie with a lot of good faith. I was like, okay, I really like the Ant-Man movies, the first two. Mm-hmm. Um they've taken a they've taken a while in between projects and this one supposedly is going to have the next big villain in it. Mm-hmm. So maybe they've really put put some effort into it and stuff, but it just lost so much of that good faith that it had with me initially that the ending couldn't make up for it and then also it didn't help like i said even though the sets and stuff at the end looked better they weren't as interesting so the the, the it, first it, two Ant-Man movies also like they they it's kind of different because like they benefit from a lot of it being in the real world you know even like yeah. even though he's moving around but it, it's still if you're going to do this and you, you, you've, it's been five years since the last Ant-Man movie. It came out in between Infinity War and Endgame. Mm-hmm. So it either came yeah. out five um, or four years ago. Um, yeah, it was 2018, so... I assume it was their summer or winter release then. Yeah, it was the summer one, I think. Because Endgame was May... Or not Endgame, well, both, both were April, actually. Endgame and Infinity War, just a year apart. Yeah, so I think it was like June or July. Yeah. So, I, I mean... I, you, Obviously, they didn't start pro- like production for this film until like probably like two years ago, if I had to mm. guess. Um, yeah, I, I just I, I don't know how to feel about that. For I thought the story even, was okay, fine well, for that even, part like of it, you know. Even though that even though they're in the real world in the first two, mm. so it's easy to make the visuals look better because you can use real world buildings and whatnot. Mm. In this one the transitions between him getting big and small and all the fight scenes and stuff, Mm -hmm. they just, they didn't cut it compared to what we've seen Yeah, in his team up movies and his solo movies, the way he moves and fights, there just wasn't a scene in this where he ever felt like he was using his powers effectively it really nobody did yeah. anybody that had the suit or anything i know what you're saying like it, how he would get smaller never... and he would like in uh in civil war he tore through like iron man's suit like he got into uh is it yellow jacket or is it hornet is his name uh yellow jacket yellow he got into his suit and made him small by going like into his thing in yeah his belt so i None of them like there was that, and then even just the transitioning from big to small for punching and stuff, mm. it felt a lot more fluid, and the choreography was a lot more interesting in the other two movies and in you know Civil War and Endgame, whereas in this it just felt like they did it every now and then, but they kept referencing it because he was trying to use it as a teaching moment or whatever, mm. and you know. um the wasp you know usually is flying around and doing some decent fighting and stuff like the way that they go back and forth with each other mm-hmm. the way that the the people that have the power to shrink and grow big the way they fight in tandem and stuff is always really interesting but we just didn't get 
any interesting combat in this. Mm. So that was another thing that I was really disappointed by. That's not really visual effects wise, but that's like, I guess what I'm seeing in the movie. So I'm putting it here in visuals, but that is one thing that they could have easily at least met the standard or improved on Mm -hmm. moving from the other movies to this one. I agree. But they still lowered, they, they, they lowered the quality of it. Because, you know, even if you say, okay, the other ones were set in San Francisco, they have regular buildings and stuff, they're not having to create this whole new world. Mm. Well, the fighting doesn't change. He's still fighting people, so... <laughs> I I, I want to talk more about this whenever we talk about plot, because yeah. I, I do think that there is a little bit of a reason, but it's also not a good reason. Um, so... Okay. Yeah, we can talk about that soon. Because it, um, the way I, I'm going to explain it, it's going to deal a lot with just like what happens. That's fine. Yeah, we can talk about that later. There are a few things I wanted to mention about that specifically. Mm-hmm. I just brought it up now because no, we had the comparison between why the visual quality of the old ones might have looked better was because they were in this new world. But mm-hmm. I, one other thing before we move on um, visually is that the editing felt really sloppy. Mm-hmm. There were times when um, it would... Scenes would transition... Pretty early on, there's like two groups of people. You have a group of like six protagonists or whatever. They get split up, and you're cutting back and forth between them. There were times when they would transition, and I couldn't even tell. So you would kind of get taken out of the scene to be jarring because... It felt like the scene with one group hadn't fully ended properly, but they cut to another one with the other one. They cut back to the other people. (laughs) And it's like, it felt very, very disjointed. And also Mm -hmm. there was no, what didn't help with this was there was no creativity with the cuts. It was all just like, just a straight cut. Mm -hmm. Um, You weren't getting any scene transitions. They were cutting... There was one point in particular that I remember. One group was in that uh, camp with the rebels, and some something kind of action related was going on. It cuts, and then you cut to the other group looking at like a big group of people flying towards them, and it just is like the, the there's no transition between them. There's no setup for it moving from person to person, so it it felt very jarring. Mm-hmm. Um, with those things and you know towards the end of the film obviously everyone gets reunited you don't really have that problem mm-hmm. um but yeah it's yeah it's um that that got to me i think mm-hmm. you want to there is one big there is one big thing visually that we haven't talked about yet but mm-hmm. i want to wait um until we get the spoilers to talk about it but it's modok okay. um that's fine yeah i like that they took a big swing, but mm-hmm. I think the way they handled it was a big miss. I thought it was Modok. Modok is going to be a hard character to get right, mm-hmm. but um, <laughs> they tried. They, they 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 tried, and I have my issues with it that I'll bring up later. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't visually it wasn't a problem with me, but it's how they handled handled it within the movie. I think that bothered okay. me more. <laughs> That's fair. I, I can see why, and it it, it felt kind of dumb but it it, uh, it also felt like I, I don't think is it a spoiler to say like modok is the guy from the first movie no that's that's because been, um, it, it's been confirmed I, I forget the guy's name he yeah. was in house of cards he's been on a lot of stuff 
um, uh, yeah, his name is. <laughs> um, but he oh, I have the cast list. He's Modok, so he came back for that. It, it's they made it work with him in a way. I don't know who Modok is. Corey Stoll, that's it. I don't know who like it is in comics or in like any continuity or anything. But so I, usually he is just a guy who was experimented on by AIM, which is that weapons manufacturing company that oftentimes will go up against the Avengers or Iron Man or sometimes even Ant-Man by himself as well. Mm-hmm. Originally, that's what this movie was going to be. Um, yeah. It was going to be... Or that's what Paul Rudd wanted it to be. I don't know how far that got, but he wanted to have it with like AIM and MODOK going up against Ant-Man in the regular world. He wanted a more mm. grounded story than the one we got. Paul Rudd's a smart guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like him. It's nice. To, the, the, the My favorite thing about this is that Paul Rudd can just show up to these movies and just be himself. <laughs> that, that's he, he, he was really just playing himself as this character. Honestly. Yeah. Which that doesn't work for everyone because I feel like Marvel tries to let that happen a lot, mm-hmm. but it works for Paul Rudd. Mm-hmm. It, I, Ryan Reynolds too, I would say. Outside of that, I don't know. yeah, yeah, but they did. Yeah. They didn't even cast Ryan Reynolds, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah. So, I think that's all we have visually. Do you want to get into some of the performances without talking spoilers too much? Um, um, I, do we want to mention sound real quick? There was nothing really super special on on it from my end if i'll be honest there i i noticed there was a like a lack of music just because there was a lot of going a lot of stuff going on and then when the credits rolled i saw two music credits yeah it was that was strange um the the score wasn't yeah like you said there's a lot of just noise and stuff go it there's a lot of dialogue being shouted and stuff throughout the movie that you don't have time, like even in the action sequences, there's not time for like a really cinematic score, dramatic mm. score, because people are just talking the whole time. That's just kind of a miss. Like, what if they just like were walking around exploring, trying to find others, you know? And they just have a shot from this. I feel like in the the trailer we got like a shot from the side of like this expansive like purple area that I think I remember, but I, mm. I don't know. But like, why didn't we get that? And like the the uh, music they had for the trailer, the like the Elton John song remixed, I loved it. I I wish it came back. <laughs> well, that's just that's one of those things where a tra- a song for a trailer like that yeah. usually won't be in the movie. But yeah, they tried to pump too much into this mm-hmm. to really focus on um, audio side of things. Or, or, yeah, to, yeah, to really have any of those like walking around exploring stuff. So, mm. but yeah, I. I do want to get into some of the some of the um, performances. Paul Rudd does a good job with what he's given. I, mm-hmm. I don't. I think that this is probably his worst performance as Ant Man, but I don't think it's him. I think it's what he's been given. Um, I agree. They this had the potential um, with him and his daughter Cassie, who's who was recasted uh, as Catherine Newton, mm-hmm. which. I forget who played her in Endgame. I don't know why they chose to recast, but I don't know. But she, the the girl that originally played her didn't find out until until social media, right? Yeah, and that's dirty as hell by you, Disney or Marvel, whoever did it. It's I, I don't think it Kat- has anything like, to do with Catherine Nert- Newton. I don't think she should be blamed for it, but yeah, it just seems weird because I liked her in Endgame. You know, I, I had no problem with she, it. Yeah, a little bit she was in it, but and I like I think she wanted the part. She might have even assumed that she was going to get it until. 
you know, she found like she'd already been cast. But who knows? That's strange. But you know, the first two movies they focus a lot on his relationship with his daughter, and this one has the potential to really take that into an emotional direction, mm-hmm. and they just don't. Yeah. And I think that that was a, a big part of you know his story in those first two movies and what made his performance impactful. In this mm-hmm. one, they just don't really do anything with it, even though they have the opportunities, which is why I think that he did the best with what he could. Mm-hmm. Um, Evangeline Lilly, who plays uh, Hope Van Dyne, didn't really have much to do. Yeah, that, that, I, I was wanting to say it, but like, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is kind of misleading because it's not really about her. It's about... they. Her her mom's story more of, but that's I think fine. they ha- I think you they know. had to do it um because the second movie yeah just because they'd already named it Ant Man and the Wasp but yeah I guess uh, Catherine Newton also she I guess she did a good job also a wasp like, I don't know I don't think so I, I they they haven't given her a, like maybe a superhero name or whatever Ant Woman I don't know yeah maybe um <laughs> who just gets a suit. <laughs> But that, we'll yeah, talk about she, it later. <laughs> yeah, no, she she was good. Uh, I thought she was good too. The same reasons that I have with like the the Paul Rudd thing is that they had opportunities to you know really do some good character work with that relationship, but mm-hmm. it's not a fault on the actors. Um, they just weren't given much in yeah. that regard um from the script but yeah she once again she did um did the best with what she had i think michelle pfeiffer was actually pretty good in this uh i, she I was. like yeah i like the she gets there and she knows what she's doing uh she's been kind of keeping the secret and she keeps trying to keep it the whole time um but yeah she does she does a good job as kind of she doesn't have a ton to do in the movie yeah. But the um, moments that she has with Jonathan Majors are really good, I think. I agree. And I um, I do like the way they played that character because I, it's so, how somebody would react if there's a conqueror that's trapped somewhere, that's been purposefully trapped somewhere, you know? Yeah, so. yeah. But Michael Douglas as Hank Pym, this is probably the least that he's had to do, but I, I, I like that he was just like a an old man who's maybe losing it a little bit. Honestly, he seemed like this is going to sound weird, but like he seems healthier just physically wise in this movie than he did in like the previous ones to me. He just yeah, like he, he seems maybe. like he's in better health and I like how he's pretty much turned into a grandpa with what he did for Cassie by just helping her. <laughs> and he doesn't care about like, the 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 consequences. <laughs> yeah. I also feel like Michael Douglas is having the most fun in this one. I will say <laughs> It felt like Michael Douglas never seen, never filmed a scene with anybody else in the room. It always felt like it was just him, especially when he was flying on a, on a green screen. Like, yeah, every time he's in the movie, it feels like he's delivering his lines to nobody in a room by himself. But he's so, delivering them well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Corey Stoll as Modok, pretty good. We'll get into that more in a little bit. Yeah, and. Uh, I don't think we've missed anyone other than the man himself. Uh, yeah, Jonathan Majors stole the show. I, this man has got chops, honestly. He was the one part that I liked 
of the Loki show, really. Um, <laughs> I, I Okay, most of that show was okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't love it, but he was the one part that I really loved from that show, I guess I should say. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's amazing in this movie. The way that he... We'll get more. In, we'll get more into this in, in the spoilers, but um, the way that he conveys his emotions and his motivations, and mm-hmm. the way that he feels like he might be manipulating certain things, but even then, like he he believes what he's saying. So is he manipulating? The way that he performs this character is great, and it looks like he's going to have the opportunity to continue doing that. So I'm. I'm really excited. I, I love Jonathan Majors as an actor. Um, I, I think that... I think that in every movie he is in, for the MCU from here on out, he's going to steal the show. Mm. And he... Um, did you see the news with him? No, what, what he, was it? He hasn't seen Quantumania, and he's not going to like watch any of his on-screen performances so he can keep delivering, like, diff, like being this character without like seeing it, you know? That's fair. To help his like I, acting, which also probably he's just saving it because he doesn't want to watch the content. <laughs> I was about to say it, it sounds like he's just one of those guys that doesn't like watching himself on on screen. But yeah, you know. Well, whatever. I mean, if if it if <laughs> if he acts like that, that's a, that's fine by me. I mean, plus he's gonna be in Creed three, which comes out pretty soon. I'm excited for that. That looks really good. Oh yeah, I, um, I think he's going to be huge. He's going yeah. to be the biggest actor on earth <laughs> yeah he's been great in everything i've seen of him so mm, i'm looking same. forward to seeing him in more things for sure mm. and um, it's very interesting to like the different way he played this kang compared to the kang from loki yeah yeah so. and you know we who knows we might see more kang so maybe he'll oh, have to knows? keep doing I'm glad he has the acting chops that he does because if we continue to see different Kangs, he's going to need it because not only are you going to have to play wildly different ones, there might be some where like the differences are subtle and I think that he can really pull that off. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I think that that's all we've got for the non-spoiler section. We're about to get into plot and some other things that we couldn't talk about uh, for those of you who haven't seen the movie. So if you haven't seen it yet, and you care about spoilers, go ahead and dip out now. And once you see it, come back here and and listen to it. But if you have seen the movie, or if you just don't care about spoilers, then feel free to stick around. So hopefully <laughs> if you're driving down the road, you've had time to turn this podcast off or not. But, you know, if not, this is your final warning. So spoilers in three, two, one. Okay. Um, plot-wise, Wasn't it are there funny when points? Kang ripped Ant-Man's head off? Yeah, right before... Uh, Right before they got sucked into that blob guy you were talking about earlier. Yeah, that was wild, dude. <laughs> I don't know. And then the last 30 minutes of the movie, you were just about the blob guy. It's just like Hope Kang Van Dyne and... like, taking her parents and leaving with Cassie. <laughs> Ant-Man's just gone. They don't yeah. care. Tough. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so, <laughs> there was a really good Ant-Man movie in this movie. I agree. But it was... The first 15 minutes and the last five minutes. Where he's just walking around happy. Well. I loved the existential crisis at the end, by the way. I love that. We'll get to that later. I Because personally, I think he's right. I um, 
We'll talk about that in a bit, though. But yeah, the beginning when it's just, you know, a movie about him raising this daughter and he has saved the world and he's kind of not wanting to do anything. He wrote his book and everything, kind of going into retirement, but he has this daughter who really cares about people and wants Mm. to help people and use this technology to do so. That would have been a really interesting movie. Mm -hmm. But we get a little bit of that and then they try to kind of do it later on mm-hmm. um, at one moment, but it just doesn't it just doesn't work because they spend so much time away from it. it. It really suffers from this movie having to be the one to introduce Kang because they can't introduce him through a Fantastic Four movie until post-2025, you know? <clears throat> like, it, this movie suffered, I think, from them having to go down there or him being there and not coming out, you know? I don't think it. I just want I, like because did like it have to once be, they did it have once to they be split this way, up, though? maybe not. I mean, like if I feel like once the the group gets split up, Cassie and Ant Man are together, and then it's Hope and her parents they're together, and it, it's just a giant goose chase until they all meet up again. Yeah, near the end. So that that that's the problem where it lies, and it we don't really see. We don't see Cassie, like, going out, like, before and helping people. Like, we, we get told that, like, she's in jail for the night for being at yeah. a protest, you know. But, like, if we had seen that, it would have helped more. Because at first, you're like, why is she in jail? Is she just mm-hmm. a criminal, you know? But Yeah. You hear a little... They do a lot of telling and not showing with mm-hmm. that part. Which is, you know, uh, if this were Cinema Sins, we'd be dinging them for that or whatever, so... <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, it's, they kind of go straight into the quantum realm, which they have to because they tried to pack so much into it, um, and then immediately they get split up, so like you said, Cassie and Scott go off together, and then Hope Van Dyme goes with uh, her parents, so mm-hmm. they don't, with them splitting up and bouncing back and forth until like the last 30 minutes, they don't really give anybody time to to, to, to to do anything or really have a character arc. I feel like none of the protagonists develop in any way. Other than Scott being like, yeah, you know, maybe I should be more active. And that was like... Is that... that what because I, like? Well, because he was like, you know, I'm going to help my daughter here like I should. And he stayed behind to make sure Kang didn't get out. He's like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save these people's lives instead of you know we'll get to that we'll, we'll get to that because but i mean yeah, that being we'll, said i don't know what's happening we'll talk about that later. since since endgame and ant-man what he's done you know well it sounded like he has really podcast. hasn't done anything because he's like i saved the world what else do i need to do and you know what he's right like if you bro, save if i save the world, world i'm retiring it's out exactly it's out bro. and like everybody has a problem with that but He's done a lot, and if he wants to take a step back, then let him. Like, <laughs> exactly. But yeah, so I mean, they always come out, out of retirement, anyways. Like, just look yeah. at Iron Man, and he died because yeah. of it. <laughs> You're right. Tough. Um, but they, so they get split up, and I guess the ma- like the story with, um, Hope Van Dyne and, uh, Hank Pym, and what is the mother's name? Is it? Janet. Janet, Janet mm-hmm. yeah. Essentially, they're just trying to get to 
get Scott to Kang before they oh, yeah. before something happens with Scott. They're trying to keep him from getting the captured. Um, the yeah, keep him from getting captured and everything. So they go and they meet up with Bill Murray. Bill Murray definitely filmed all of this without being in the same room as anybody. Oh, for sure. <laughs> like, uh, mm-hmm. I do think it was funny that this is one of the few jokes that landed was that um, Bill Murray kept being like, yeah, I I had a sexual relationship with your wife while she was down here for 30 years. Yeah. And Hank Pym like just kind of looking like, what the fuck? <laughs> He's like, you didn't tell me this? He's like, yeah. I would have been fine with it, but dang. <laughs> she was like, I was down here for 30 years. What do you want from me? And he's like, yeah, I was with one woman a few times, but that ended. And she was like, why? And he's like, because it wasn't you. And then she just doesn't say anything to that. Yeah, like, damn. <laughs> and, I was like, and I was like, damn. Um, but eventually, yeah, Bill Murray betrays them. Mm. So they release one of those little chasers in the drink. They make it big and it eats Bill guy. Murray and everybody else. And just they get little, away in the ship. Just and, a little deep reenactment, you know, eating a yeah. little squid guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Poor Timothy. Uh, Timothy's revenge, actually. Yeah. But yeah, they you got Bill Murray. They go through and they spend a lot of time cutting back to them. I feel like out of obligation because they're there. Mm-hmm. But really, not like continuously nothing happens eventually they go to kang and then hank pym finds the ants that is one thing an ant colony that he made the ants that <laughs> yeah that has developed technology and stuff they fall in with them into the quantum realm and eventually they've developed millions of years and now they're ready to help i so, love that actually honestly i thought it was fine they, it felt they do make it a mention very... like that time moves like a lot differently down there you know yeah, it felt like it felt like the rat catcher from the Suicide Squad movie, though, with all of the ants coming in to save the day at the end. It felt just like that. That's fair. That's fair. I, I mean, but that being said, I, he's been able to control the ants for so long. I I think it makes sense, and they, they've become it's pretty fun, much like, sentient beings. And they're like, "That's our dad. That's our." I get they, it. That might be like he might be some like. What's the word? God. Like, like, not God, but like, a, you know, a deity to them. Deity Something and God like are the same thing. I mean, I understand, but like... <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Not necessarily I, like that. Maybe a prophet or something, too. That's really all that group of people had to do. Um, mm-hmm. And they spent so much of the movie cutting back to them. And what felt like pivotal moments in Scott and Cassie's story that it just mm-hmm. really detracted. It didn't add anything to the movie, and it just detracted from that main storyline. Mm-hmm. but we do get some flashbacks later on um janet's been in the quantum realm for a while and she um meets with kang who has been banished there he is shipped like crashed close to her yeah so they talk about it and they spend a lot of time getting to know each other and trying to repair the ship mm-hmm. eventually they get the power source ready to go again but as she's putting it in um, she touches it and sees memories mm. of Kang doing all of this conquering and killing and destructive stuff. Mm. The question here is, he says that he's seen how it ends and the future is that 
other Kangs end up conquering the world and destroying everything. Mm. Um, my question here is, are those memories that she's seeing, are they this Kang's? Or are they other Kangs from other universes? I don't it, it I think it explicit, like explicitly said it was from like it was connected to his mind. I don't know if that means like if they're like a giant hive mind, you know. I doubt they are. They're not a hive mind, no, they wouldn't be. Um okay, so follow so he up did question. all those things then. If those are his memories mm-hmm. is that him going and stopping the other Kangs in a way? I don't. I mean, it's him just eradicating. Like, he's destroying universes, is what he's doing. But is he destroying universes that he says that he is trying to protect? It's the same one that the Kang from like Loki was doing. They he's just trying did it to in protect different ways. the timeline. It might just be there. <laughs> it's a common excuse for the Kangs. That might be it. <laughs> it might be that they're that they say they're trying to be different and save the universe from the other kings, but in reality, they're using they're that as an excuse. Other, you know? Yeah, that could be the case, but you know, I think that he believes that he's trying to do good. In a I way. don't know if it's the fact that he's he believes he's doing good, but he believes in what he does is the right thing. You know, not not necessarily good, but I, it's, it's I see what, what you're needs saying. to happen. Like it, it's a necessary. It's Maybe he sees himself as a necessary, like not Thanos evil, did. but a necessary force. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that. That leads into some stuff at the end because he also tells Ant Man that he needs to go and protect other universes from his alternate selves. Mm-hmm. It just it leads you to think that maybe he is. You know, maybe he is trying to protect the world, and maybe that will cause some problems that we'll see later. I guess we won't know for a while, but... I mean, outside of, like, the dreams, do we know, like... Honestly, we we don't know if anything Kang said is true. Because he... They, he right. Out of any You're of right. the Kangs that were banished, he's the worst one. that Or or he's the best one. Yeah. You know, like, I get... that's It's really one extreme or the other, because either you put somebody down there that's gonna stop you, or you're gonna put somebody down there that's awful. I think based off of what we see in the post credit scenes and stuff when they're all getting together mm. i think that they put him down there because they were afraid that he would stop them i think he was I destroying civilizations that were like they were using for something yes so i personally maybe he wasn't a good guy but i think that they weren't putting him down there because he was taking things too far they were putting him down there because they were afraid that he would essentially stop them and take over take things from them so it might not be him doing a force for good but he was working against the other kings i think mm-hmm. in some way which we'll yeah. probably see more of that later but i don't know um, well they showed a they showed a loki trailer or they came out with a loki trailer at some point was it before the movie no, it was it was the second post credit scene. It was just him and Owen Wilson. That's right. Um, watching another Kang. So, so I guess in season two they're going to be Kang hunting. Yeah, there's going to be so a Kang's going to show up at some point. I don't know what they'll do. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's the next time we'll see him, I guess, because that's slated to come out this year as one of the two shows that are supposed okay. to come out this year. 
Yeah. I don't know where we'll see him after that. I don't know the slate, and I don't care to know the slate, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. But, so that's kind of the setup for that half of things. Cassie and Scott, they end up getting captured by, um, by a group of resistance fighters. They drink some juice that lets them understand everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, which is cool, I guess. Yeah. It's like the Universal Translator from Guardians of the Galaxy, but the juice of some guy. Yeah, and then uh, Hank, uh, Janet, and Hope all walk into a bar and just order, like, Janet orders them three shots of it. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's. Yeah, my cool, question is, is why, why couldn't. Uh, What's his name? I just said it. Michael Douglas's character, Hank. Hank. Why? Why? Why can't Hank understand the ants when they're talking to him? Then over, like when they're communicating, because that um, happens like the interference in his ears. You know, like at the bar. Maybe it just doesn't work for ants, or something. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I, I don't. That, that's a good question that I don't know the answer to. Um. <laughs> yep. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Eventually, uh, Kang's forces do find them here. Mm-hmm. And is this where they get captured? Uh, While the resistance is getting away? Do they get captured there? I thought they get, get in with them. Maybe get they in don't. with... Like the resistance on one of the ships. They no, might. it blows up before they try to get to it, I think. Right, right, okay. I know some of the resistance fighters also get captured, but eventually, um, Modok is there. They'd say his full name. They say he's like a mechanical organism designed only for killing. Yeah. And there was a funny joke where he was like, "Wouldn't that be Modok?" And he was I, like, I "Shut agree. up." <laughs> um, that that's a joke they make all the time in the comics and stuff. Um, Modok. But yeah, it's a. Uh, Modok was an interesting design. With the mask on, I really liked the design. I did think it looked a little bit unpolished with his mask on. It looked a little odd to me. Like shiny, just super, super shiny. Like I Which feel like if if you if you're a, a like if you're a hunter, you're a a bounty hunter basically at that point. Or a mercenary. Like you, you feel like you would have wear on it, you know. Something. He probably gets repairs and stuff from Kang. Like, it's not... That's fair. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I liked the... I liked the design of it, but then once he took it off, it was really weird seeing, like, the head there, because they didn't give him a helmet. Usually, Modok has, like, a covering on the side of his head, on the top of his head. You just see his face. But this mm-hmm. time when the mask goes away, you see his whole head and it looks really, really weird. Mm-hmm. And every time it happens, somebody brings up how weird he looks <laughs> in on in the movie. And it's like... Well, these people knew him before he was... I get it. I get bad. it. But the way that they... It's also kind of weird that they interacted with him like a friend, kind of. Yeah. Because he also tried to murder them. Yeah, except, I mean... Except Janet. I mean, I guess Janet probably didn't know him. But. Yeah, they were friends with him or whatever first, kind of. Um, 
but then eventually he kind of took the technology and everything. But yeah, I I don't like the way they handled that. They kept playing it off as a joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it really and, felt like Corey Stoll's character, Yellow Jacket, like he his brain is is definitely not what ha- like it's not the same. Something happened whenever he like got changed physically when he yeah. was put in the quantum realm. Uh-huh. Um, and it, it just really made it it made his body look weird. So I, I, I like it, them bringing him back. I like the actor. He does look weird. He's like, I know there's iterations of Modoc where he has hair on the top of his head. And like, he's got like a band going across of, like his forehead that like connects his helmet basically. Yeah. Um, which they give but, him the band. They just don't give him the sides. Yeah. And I mean, it just looks kind of odd with nothing on top too. Yeah. Involved. But so it, <laughs> I, did, I, I could have lived with the design if they hadn't have just kept making a point to remind you, hey, this looks weird. They just like, kept saying it, and it's just like, I get it. It looks weird. And they said weird. his name, and they're like, this, I, is that you? And then it's like, no, I'm Modoc. <laughs> I was like, I could have ignored it. I could have ignored that it looked weird because I appreciate you taking the swing, but you just keep calling attention to it, and I hate that. <laughs> um i did think it was funny that he's the one that like transported them here and stuff and brought them to kang i thought that was kind of interesting mm-hmm. um but yeah they get taken back to kang and and uh from this point it's just like they're going in and they're trying to get his power source back for him um they make a deal he's like i'll let you and cassie leave if you get this for me so Batman agrees he goes down, there's a, a kind of cool scene where he, where Modoc is like, don't get distracted by your potentials, mm-hmm. um, which is something that they, I just finished Ratchet and Clank are Rift Apart, uh, and Clank goes into the multiverse and sees all of his potentials, and you have to make his potentials do certain things to get past it. It felt very much like that game. <laughs> um but at first they were all getting confused or whatever but then eventually he gets them to work together and they almost win and then all of hope comes in and all of her potentials work together to save him and they end up getting it um getting the power I really liked back. I really liked that because he it like t- he turned into a hive mind like ants yeah whenever he was going up I liked that even <laughs> Even just like the out, him in the outfit from Baskin Robbins, I liked. That was, that was funny. That yeah. was that was a funny gag. <laughs> I like how Baskin Robbins just keeps getting like free ad- advertisement for these movies. It's probably not free. They probably pay a lot yeah, of money for it. Probably, but like you know, <laughs> millions of dollars. Maybe maybe it pays off. I don't know. Maybe I don't know, man. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that that was pretty cool. Eventually, they. Kang, for no reason, decides, like, yeah, you're not getting your daughter back. Just give me the thing. It's like, do you have any reason not to... He did this thing for you. Like, do you have any reason to not hold up your end of the bargain? I don't I, I don't get that choice. I don't either. Especially since he was saying that he was going to hold that end of the bargain for Janet. Like, unless he was lying then, mm. why would he change his mind now? Which, I mean, he wasn't lying. Because he literally offered her again. He's like, I will just take you home and I won't come back. <laughs> yeah. So that was a weird choice to me that kind of developed into the end. They end up escaping and Cassie gives the speech to the resistance. They all get free and come. And uh, there's a big fight. 
the fight looks pretty good. I will complain again that with Cassie and... With Cassie, they explained it away because she just can't get the timing right for the jump punch thing. Yeah, so she just gets mean... big and fights <laughs> big. Um, but then they kind of do the same thing with Ant-Man. Even though we know he knows how to do it, he just gets big and fights big. <laughs> like, it... It just made the combat look so much less interesting. And since the environment looked so fake, like, you couldn't even tell they were big at times. Mm-hmm. When they were just standing there talking to each other, they were like, oh my god, you're huge and all that stuff. I agree. Stuff. Yeah. They just looked like two regular sized people. Yeah. yeah it was Because nothing around them signified that they were any larger than they should be. I will say it was someone- just it was just shot like... They were standing on something, and then there was like a void behind them that you couldn't tell. So there was no reference size to make them look like they were. It just it, that felt weird. <laughs> yeah, like oh, look, just buildings that we have no clue what size they are. You know. Yeah, there weren't even buildings in the background. Oh, you, you're right. Like, they, like it was just the sky, basically. <laughs> yeah, and they just kept reminding us that they were big with their conversation. I was like, you know, you could just put something next to them, so you don't have to yeah. have every sentence He's be like, like I'm like, so big. Oranges. It's, She's what? like, yeah, yeah. You get that feeling when you're big, and then they get smaller. Like citrus, yeah. <laughs> my favorite, yeah. some of my favorite shots from Marvel movies are the ones where, like, there's a fight going on clearly in front of you, like two people just fighting, and then in the background there's like, like it happened in Moon Knight, and it happened again in this, and I know it's happened in other Ant Man movies or like Avengers movies, like, and then just in the background you see the kaiju, or or you see Ant Man just walloping something huge. I, yeah. I like just seeing yeah. all of that, like the entire landscape. <laughs> yeah yeah <clears throat> the final fight i guess is there anything else before the final fight that you want to talk about in kind of the end of the movie no i love this part of the ruthlessness <laughs> yeah so he ends up fighting kang he kind of is getting his ass beat for a while uh, kang mm. is just tearing him up while he's big eventually they go back to the throne room and they open up a portal back home and it looks like Paul Rudd is going to stay behind and sacrifice himself to let everyone else get back. Mm. And he's about to fail at doing that. Which, there's no... It's just like a fist fight at this point. Is he even changing size or anything? Like, neither of them are really using their powers at this point, which I thought was weird. Well, Kang couldn't because the ants, whenever he was in the force field, like, overpowered it. Like right, I, for, I guess we forgot Hank, to mention that it looks like the resistance is clearly losing and then the ants just come and overpower K. Yeah, Hank Pym just comes in and drops a nuke, basically. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, take that. Um, but Kang's weapons aren't working anymore. Like, his his blasts, his suit's broken, I think. So yeah, he has to fun. fist fight. I don't know about Ant-Man. I assume he was just... Choosing not to. It was to kind of a surprise. Movie is, this movie is just so lazy with the way that they use him. Yeah, is what I, I think happened. I and they were just like, yeah, let's just do a regular fist fight. Which, but whatever. oftentimes in this movie, all the characters tracked him when he was small pretty easily. It seemed, which I I didn't care. I didn't like that that much because I feel like that's the whole point is to get to like a, he could shrink even smaller because he could pretty much go to whatever size he wants. So yeah. why did like he should be a size where they couldn't see him and track him so easy? Yeah. So I think but, that that was part of it. But he also maybe he was just getting his but kicked immediately like so well that he couldn't react i don't know yeah but there's a moment where it looks like kang is gonna get away i thought it was gonna be really interesting if kang got out but Mm -hmm. 
Ant Man got left behind. That would have been. I did too. I th- I thought I thought for a moment that's how it was going to end, but no. Um, Hope Van Dyne comes in and saves the day. They have a little bit of a fight. Uh, the portal closes, so none of them can get out, and then Kang dies. They they kick Kang into like his his energy source, and he gets like sucked into it. That was weird. They didn't explain what happened there at all. So, who knows if he's dead? It's one of those things where it's like he may be dead, he may be alive. We should mention Modok that like Cassie and Scott tell Modok to stop being a dick, so he comes through and like rescues Ant Man at one time. That was weird to me. I was like, does he just accept orders from anybody? You know, like I. My biggest issue with this is that like they do the thing that Marvel movies do a lot. They have a really interesting villain in Modok, and then they just give him a slight redemption and kill him off. It, they're able to flip him easily, even though he was he's been evil in both the times we've seen him. They flip him over, and then yeah, he dies, and he's like, "Oh, at least I died in Avenger." And they were like, "Yeah, whatever yeah, you say, buddy." You did, <laughs> but. Yeah, that just felt like a waste of a character having him in this movie because Modok is really. I feel like Modok can come back. They just get a different like body person, basically different actor now, different person. <sighs> maybe, maybe I I doubt they come back to it, but yeah, it just feels like they kind of just threw it away. Um, maybe they, they just make like a mechanized version of him now. It feels like in this movie they used him for cheap comic relief. Mm-hmm. Every time they wanted to get a cheap laugh out of people, they would just show them and then have someone be like, oh, you look so stupid. Um, I expected him to be better at fighting, to be honest. He, his, depend, he like, like, depending on who he's fighting mm-hmm. in this movie, he's either really good and just destroys everybody with ease, or if he's fighting a main character, he's he fighting Cassie, the... You know, the the most inexperienced out of all of them. He gets yeah. butt kicked. Like, she walloped him and said, Quit being a dick! <laughs> yeah, it's 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 strange. It, it's the His, like, power and ability and competence fluctuate so wildly. And then, yeah, they just... They just kind of, like I said, toss him to the side and kill him off. Which was very disappointing. Mm-hmm. But, back to it. Yeah, Hope comes and saves the day. They... Uh, maybe kill Kang, and then it looks like they're going to be stuck. And I was like, that's an interesting choice. They can stay behind and rebuild this quantum realm that they've, like, that Janet um, helped destroy. It's like, you know, the sins of the child repaying for the sins of the... Or, like, the child is repaying for the sins of the parent or whatever. But Mm. no, they just immediately build a portal back and bring them back. Mm. So... Which, maybe they just, like, left them in the hands of like the the rebel the rebellion leaders or whatever well it just felt like they made a big deal about scott's sacrifice to stay behind Mm -hmm. but then immediately they would have come and got him anyway so it's yeah yeah it just it's one of those things where they're like how can we make this seem like it's a big deal but then make it to where there's no consequences um but then scott is like maybe there was consequences like yeah so at the end they have a little scene where he's like i'm gonna try to be nice to my daughter uh he's just walking down the road yeah since i missed some birthdays and he has the moment he's like hey kang did say that he was trying to stop the other kangs and now that we killed him is he not gonna be able to do that and is the world gonna end 
That should be. I it, should be worried about that, but I'm gonna forget it, about it for now. It's important to note that uh, Kang's throne chair is capable of multiversal travel, which is why they 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 are worried about it now because they now know that that's possible because of Kang because Janet didn't share that with Hank. Yeah, this is like the fifth or sixth time they've introduced multiversal travel in this film series. It's you know. but like they've done it like in different ways. One was yeah. magic. This was science. I guess, gotta be. Yeah. Um, Loki's just—I uh, don't, you know—he's—he's he's somewhere. I don't know if that's magic or science. Maybe it's both. It's probably science because it stems it is, from Kang. Yeah, it stems from a Kang. So, but that being said, I think it in the Marvel movies they acknowledge like magic and science. It just depends. Like Asgardian magic is closer to science than it, like than. They, they, they say they say that but i never really bought that i think that they they said that at the time because they didn't think that people would buy into like a magic world but yeah. all of that is just magic it's not yeah. science um yeah. i th- people say that but like if you go back and watch the first thor movie they briefly try to push that narrative but in reality mm-hmm. it's all just magic it's not yeah <laughs> um but yeah so that's where this one ends one thing i did forget to mention i continue to hate how everyone has like nanotech-esque suits everyone Mm. just takes their mask off immediately anytime there's like a brief break in the fighting i i don't love king's blue mask in this It, it just looks i understand that it's I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a screen. Maybe it's nanotech that just form fits his face. But I, I, don't I think for like him, it's it. some kind of like laser screen type thing. It looks like. Yeah. I, it I, just looks odd to me. I understand it's a, a comic book representation of him. It just looks like it doesn't fit. I don't mind it. I like it. Um, mm. But yeah, like now Ant-Man suits, like you, you have a little nanotech thing you put on your chest and it forms around you. It just goes back to that thing where it's like, all the suits are shoddy CGI now. You don't have anything that like looks real, and it looks like a person is in it. And I will say the the suits in this are like actually real, just not the helmets. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't know about the the wasps wasp suit, just because the wings and stuff. I don't know. If I I, th- like I, I think the suits are like modified with C- they're like the Iron Man suits from Iron Man two and three. Before they went full CGI, they're wearing like mm-hmm. partial suits. I think I do feel like at one point Cassie's looks like just actual clothes that are too big for her. I think yeah, yeah. So th- those might have like in that moment they were probably real. I had to guess yeah. But <clears throat> yeah, that's that's another thing that I don't like that they keep doing that is like yeah. originally it was like a little visor that popped up, but now it just completely leaves your face. <laughs> they're gonna keep doing it. I just don't. It's just I, the world they live in. in that I don't. Universe, you know. I don't like how, since Iron Man got a nanotech suit, literally everybody has one. Even Modok, like he kept having his mask just completely go away. It's it, it's mm. just. And I guess for him it would make sense because, like Kang is this, or Nathaniel Richards is supposed to be like the smartest person. Sure. Yeah, he could make that, but also. But everybody else, you know, I understand Wakandans having it. And Iron Man, but I don't think Iron Man would have shared it outside of Spider Man. And even Spider Man doesn't have it now. 
Yeah. Like everybody else has. Well, we don't know that he might have it in the next. They'll probably give it back to him immediately. God, I hope not. It's that that's one thing that still bugs me is that like, especially I didn't have that big of a problem with it. I didn't like it, but then they gave it to Thor and I was just like, Oh God, with his magic helmet. (laughs) And then now it's just, I've noticed everybody has it and it does kind of just, you know, just give someone a regular suit. Not everyone has to have fancy nanotech. Well, you're right. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) But that's all we've got about this particular movie. What do you think? What about the the post credit scene? Oh, we we talked about those already a little bit earlier. We see like three or four different versions of Kang. Well, we see like hundreds, but yeah, three or four that have speaking lines. Yeah, and they're they they are going to attack earth i guess like this earth this is 616 from what they said i don't know um they changed it to 616 it used to be something else yeah but like in the movie they 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 blackballed that what i don't what's it called not blackballed not confirmed it they it's where like you go back and you like say no this is oh retconned retconned yeah they retconned that um so in this world i guess they're gonna be like they're just gonna come attack earth 616 because they killed the king so that shows they're powerful enough like powerful enough to at least stop them or put up a resistance i guess i don't know i guess but it's ant-man yeah i think they could stop I, that being said i mean they, they this whole movie i mean I, I i don't know i don't know where it's going i don't like this is the first movie of phase five or whatever I don't like how this movie had the next big bad as its main villain. The thing about Thanos is that he his seeds were in multiple movies leading up to it. But mm-hmm. you don't get him in full force until Infinity War. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have minded that with Kang as you seeing since there's multiple versions of him, I guess like you can just kill one off or whatever, but I don't like how at the start of this phase, they're immediately like, yeah, we're giving you a full-on Kang villain. Just, like, give us something else with little sprinklings of him, because well, I mean, I love Jonathan Majors, but, like, from now on, is everything just going to be like, oh, there's a new Kang we have to fight? I mean, in a sense, like, if they if this is the only time we see him as, like, a big bad of a movie before his actual Avengers movies that he's going to be the villain of, um, I guess it's kind of like comics. You know, like characters will like come and be a villain for like stories for solo like comic book runs. Yeah, but that doesn't really, that doesn't really. It probably work. doesn't trans. That being said, it probably it doesn't, doesn't work as well for in movies, a movie. I don't think. That's fair. We'll see. It just feels like they spent all of Phase Four not knowing what the hell they were doing, and then immediately <laughs> in Phase Five, they're like our next big villain. Well, one of him is a villain in this Ant Man movie. <laughs> Well, maybe it just it'll, didn't. Maybe it'll make him feel like they have an actual plan moving forward by just building around him. Maybe I don't know because it didn't feel I, like they had one before. Yeah, I didn't like this movie that much. I don't. It doesn't help me with like my concerns about the universe moving forward at all. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll see uh, what's next. Um, Guardians Jake of the gave Galaxy. this a two stars on Letterboxd. I hadn't rated it yet because I already had seen his, and I didn't want him to see mine. I would give it a three. I thought it was oh. fun. I enjoyed most of the jokes. There were a few that didn't hit 
like land with me. I know it, it really just depends on people's humor, but I, I do also enjoy like just hearing dumb jokes from time to time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, some of them landed, some of them didn't. They were just, a, there was a lot of it. One of my favorite nice. ones was when like the guy that can read minds is like behind a chick that's asking for the password to open like a bridge or something. He's like, I'll die before I tell you. And then he just, he's like, I got it. And he, he like tells it to her and he's like, damn. <laughs> yeah. Cause that's exactly, no, that I'd be like, damn. That was pretty funny. <laughs> that's one of my favorite ones. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I guess that's a, uh, that's all we've got for this week. Uh, yeah. If you want, if you think, if you agree with us or disagree with us or want to write in and let us know how you felt about the movie, feel free to do that uh, on our email or on our Twitter as well. Um, but yeah, that's all we've got. So as always, leave a like, rating, or review on whatever you're listening to us on if you want. And as well, uh, if you have a friend that you think would enjoy the show, please share it with him. That really helps us get the word out there. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll be back next week to talk about something. I don't know what yet. <laughs> I don't know if anything's coming out. I don't think it is. So we'll see. We'll have something planned by then. But yeah, for now, au revoir. <coughs> This podcast is presented by Miscreant Records. You can find us on Twitter at Miscreant Pods, and you can also email us at miscreantrecordspod at gmail.com.